Well, I would like to wish all the moms a happy Mother's Day. And for all the women who have taken care of many souls, you may not have given birth to a, to a person, but there are many who are mothers in so many different ways. And I, I wish you a happy Mother's Day as well from that standpoint. I, I say that because... Um, I have a few of you in my mind as I say this. I'm trying not to make eye contact so you don't think I'm pointing you out. But, um, but I know the work that you do, and I appreciate it. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to Mother's Day, you don't get that card or a happy Mother's Day from that standpoint, but you are very loved and appreciated. So I wanted to share that. That said, Parents Magazine... Well, i got to turn my thingy on. Here we go. Parents Magazine had um, a poll in which they did with uh, 500 women, among whom were stay-at-home moms and, uh, what is it, out-of-the-home moms. I forget the, the actual title for, for it, but these are women out of the home, I think it's called. But in that poll, the question was asked, what is the greatest job and with the answers, 92% said being a mother. And what is very interesting is that this past week, Julie had me to read an article written, um, I forgot his name now, uh, so you'll see it on Facebook with uh, this person, Wes McAdams I think is his name, but uh, he was stating, well, is that true? Is that the, really the greatest, Im Im most important job? And after reading his article, I was reading from a mother who said, have we kind of done a disservice to that phrase? And it really got me thinking about, you know, what is the most important job in the world? Because when you stop and think about it, well, I mean, a woman's work is priceless from, from a standpoint of being a mother in, in regard of, of, of what she does. But does it minimize the work of a father? Because you look at society today, look at how fathers are perceived today versus a generation or two ago. I'm telling you, fathers... We're idiots in, in our society today. We can't do anything. House will fall apart if it's just mom there. And, and, and of course, you know, we want to feel good. That, yeah, I mean, I want the house to, to be there and, and doing well when I'm there as, as a mother. But shouldn't the house be able to survive with father? And now I say that and I can just imagine Julie smiling. I pray for you when, when you're home with the kids sometimes. Just because as I was growing up, we, there, she was happy when I fed them. And so, but in general, husbands, fathers, you know, we should be able to be the kind of person where, you know, maybe the father's work is, is every bit as valuable as the mother's work. Or how about the work of people whose jobs it is to save lives? Is there any less value? To their work and so we can go on and on about these different types of jobs and it's almost it's a a great pressure sometimes and a disservice to to many individuals but it's not to negate the honor that is due mothers as we have given that honor to them on this very day but to to realize there is in fact a greater work and as I read the scriptures, the greatest job, and I, I'm using that word very loosely here, the greatest work, the greatest labor, the greatest task that we have on earth is being a Christian. Hands down. And I'm going to give you the conclusion right here at the very beginning. 
If you take your job seriously and you do your work effectively, that means you're going to be a great mother and a great daughter and a great father and a great son and a great brother and a great sister and a great worker in whatever field that you have as vocation. And no matter what you do, because you give your life to the Lord. And I'll share with you a passage that I believe brings that point out at the very end of the sermon this morning. But I want it to be known, this is a job that in my estimation stands apart from any other job. And I'll tell you why. Here's what we do that no other job ever does. We share the gospel with souls that are lost in this world. And you tell me if there's anything more important than that. Tell me right now. You can save someone's heart or save another vital organ, but their soul can still be lost. There are passages like Ephesians chapter 4. We've gone over it many times, uh, verses 11 through 16. There are the passages like the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Many passages that, that show us our work is to go into the world and share good news because there are people who are lost. People who are uh, swallowed up in their sins. In need of deliverance. Need hope of what's beyond this temporary life that we live. And so what we have is something that no other quote-unquote job could ever do. And the second is, you take those saved who are now your brothers and your sisters in Christ your fathers and mothers of the faith so to speak and we build each other up and now you tell me if there is not a greater task within the family of God that we have Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 right do good to all especially the household of faith Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 6, all dealing with benevolence in every one of those chapters. The work that we have is great. In fact, it's the greatest. I remember soon after becoming a Christian, um, within a year or so, I would travel from place to place. And when I did, I got to realize just how amazing the family of God where brethren knows each other from or through so-and-so and I loved it because I could go within a few years go anywhere in the country and sometimes out of the country and there would be some brother or sister in Christ that that person knows how amazing that's your family members that we get to build up and share so there's a lot of passages that we could be looking at that's why I didn't put any in particular just to show that that is the two primary work that we have laid out in Scripture. And then my question is, then what other labor is as important as that? Not going to find it. You might have individuals that justify how important their job is, but it's all within the framework, I believe, of what God has given us. In fact, Solomon made it very clear that whatever labors we do, we do it. With joy in our heart, we do it to glorify our God. We can read that, right? Not only in the book of um, Proverbs, but also in the book of wisdom that we have. We have a lot of things that we could look at specifically. But when we took it, break it down into these very two simple things, 
It's fulfilling the greatest commandments of loving your God and loving your neighbor. And that's what we're seeing in these, these two areas of loving our neighbor who becomes our family member. Uh, with that said, what does that mean practically then? I want you to know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we have a passage of scripture. I want you to go to this text. And by the way, <laughs> Phil said, <laughs> I'm going to quote Phil. He said, listen, keep it 10 minutes. We've got to beat the Baptist this morning. <laughs> Coincidentally, uh, while I want to abide and listen to my elders and, and obey what their word is and keep it to our 10 minutes, this was going to be very short to begin with. Not because it's Mother's Day. It just happens to be a shorter lesson. Oh, Ray said that. <laughs> okay. <it's>, uh, <laughs> all right. Passing the buck. All right. <laughs> First Corinthians 10. Go to this text here. And I want you to read this text with me. I'm going to begin in verse 23, but I want to focus in on verses 31 through 33 to get this picture of the work that we have as children of God in the relationship that we have to one another. And how it actually reflects in our relationship with people of the world. The apostle said to the brethren at Corinth in verse 23 of of 1 Corinthians 10, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. And if any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no questions for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Whether it is your brother or sister in Christ, whether it is someone who is a quote-unquote an unbeliever, someone who's not a Christian, Everything we do as we labor in the Lord's work for the cause of Christ is to save souls and to build up and not destroy the saved souls. That's it. That's our work. Very simple and to understand, very difficult to practice. Because we have passages like Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where we talk about the the work that we do in the, the... being kind to each other and loving one another, forbearing one another, being long-suffering toward one another. Everything is for the other person, for one another. That's what we do. When we look at, from a worldly perspective, the role of mothers, everything she does 
is for the betterment of her family. Right? We can read a passage like Proverbs 31, verse 10 following, right? About that virtuous wife. She is selfless. That's the life of a Christian. Selfless. That should be the life of a husband. That should be the life of a servant who is in Christ. So that whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God. That's the picture of what we have. And it is because of that, this job that we have, so to speak, is a whole lot more than job. It's who we are. It's our very lives. Right? It is a disservice to simply call the work that, that a mother does as a job or the father's job. It's a life that you have to be a parent. And we struggle with the jobs, the tasks that we have. The life of a Christian is the most difficult life, even if it is the most blessed life. It is so difficult because as we were in this morning's Bible class, in the auditorium class, dealing with the the Holy Spirit, looking at John chapter 16, uh, verse 8 following, Jesus told his disciples, you're going to be hated and you will be killed. I mean, anyone want to come follow me now? There's, There's a more difficult life than that of a Christian. You might have it as difficult with other things going on with life for those who are not Christians, but it's not more difficult if you're going to give your life, dedicate your life to the cause of Christ. But not only do we have the struggles that take place that way, we've got just inner struggles, right? Romans chapter 7, Jimmy's favorite passage, right? The struggle between the flesh and the spirit. Same thing in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 following. You've got the flesh and the spirit warring, warring against each other. And so while the work is to edify your brother, while the work is to seek and save the lost, we struggle because I want my time. I want me time, if you will. I want to do what I want to do. I want to relax. I don't want to confront. I don't want, and just all the things, what I want and what I don't want. And basically what I'm saying is I don't want to do the work of the Lord. And that's why we had in John chapter 4, verse 35 to 38, The passage where Jesus is saying to his own disciples, he said, listen, the harvest is already here. I've made you fishers of men, but the laborers are few. What was true of the first century is no different today in the 21st century. We struggle this inner struggle. But when you're passionate about what you do, whether it's as a mother or as an employee Whatever the situation is, somehow you get the work done. When we know that the work of our Lord is to reach the lost, and when the work of our Lord is to build up the saved, how diligent are we in that work? I had made mention in today's bulletin article, you know, the last, I think, two, I guess about the last two months, maybe a little bit longer, Richard has had a lot of articles and it's been very focused on evangelism. Take advantage of not just reading those articles, but letting it sink in and how it can help you if you're not evangelistic. Or how you can be more open in sharing your life with your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a lot of us here, it's easy to fall through the cracks. It's easy for someone to to be all alone in the midst of a large assembly 
And I'm not just talking about right here in the building, but the assembly of the saints in the body of Christ on a day-to-day basis. It's hard enough that we've got those inner struggles. Of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 following, we've got outside forces that seek to destroy the cause of Christ. And so for all these things, brethren, I want you to stop and consider when we have these moments where we honor, in this case, mothers on, on a day like today or fathers when that time comes, what have you, that's great. But let us always have in the forefront of all of our minds what the greatest work is, right? And that is the cause of Christ and our laboring for him. Here's the catch-all. This is the whole reason why we do it. I'm telling you, I'm a selfish enough person to admit if there was no reward for me, in other words, if there was no um, pot at the end of that rainbow to serve the Lord, I wouldn't be here. I'll just be honest. I wouldn't be a Christian because I wouldn't want to get persecuted. I don't want people rejecting the message that I share about Jesus Christ. But because I believe in who he is, and there is something in it for me, and that is a reward to be with my father who I love and I want to serve, I want to work for him. I'm not... Can you imagine? We'll just work for free, <laughs> that mindset. And, of course, you may volunteer your time and what have you, but eventually, you know, there's something in it for you. Kids do their chores. They want a piece of candy. <laughs> we, that's just the way. There is a reward at the end, and we are guaranteed a reward. But where's our focus? Is our focus on that heavenly treasure? Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 tells us, don't labor for that which can be destroyed for that which is eternal. And because our souls are so important, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, because our souls are so precious and valuable to our God and ought to be as precious and valuable to each and every one of us here, we work for the Lord. We share good news with our neighbors who, some of them are actually looking for something to believe in, someone to rest their hope in. The answer that we give to them is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and raised on the third day and to do it without any apology. Where's your focus on your work? I hope it's on Him. Right now, we have the invitation song that is for us. Live for Jesus. It's more than just a job, right? Let's make that a daily quota, so to speak where every aspect of what we do is like what was given in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Whatever we do, it's to bring souls to the kingdom of our Lord and to build them up in the kingdom of our Lord. That's your invitation. If you're here and you're not a child of God, we'd love for you to turn your life over to our Savior. He died for you. Are you willing to die with Him? That's the picture that is of baptism. When you call upon His name, You're turning away from the way you live and turning your life over to him. That's the idea of repentance. And it changes everything about your life. As was brought up in our Bible class this morning, it's a a transformation of your mind. A renewing of that mind of yours. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. That's what happens when you put on Christ. When you start walking with him. And brethren, if you've not been walking with him and need to return, this is a great opportunity for you to do so right now. As together we stand and sing.